Hello and welcome back. My name is Dr. Christopher Cherry, and this is Great Big History Podcast in our continuing series on History 102. Today we do fascism. Some people just want to see the world burn. You may know where that quote comes from, but it's a couple of different places. So fascism is challenger number three. And if you get one thing out of this lecture is that fascism is an ultra-conservative ideology. You can be a conservative and not be a fascist Nazi, but you can't be a fascist Nazi without being a conservative. There is no such thing as liberal fascism. It doesn't exist. So if you take a look at our, our little circle from left to right, you have communism, socialism, liberalism, conservatism, right, on the right, that's what we would call center-right, and then fascism, all the way going 180 miles an hour of conservatism. That's what you have to understand. All fascists are conservative. It's a conservative ideology because it wants to keep the system. It wants to improve it. It wants to make it better but it wants to ultimately keep the system it's inheriting. So what does fascism believe? Well, let's start with all men are not created equal and all lives don't matter. In Scar, in The Lion King, whose life matters? Did his brother's life matter? Did his nephew's life matter? Do the hyenas' lives matter? No, only Scar's life mattered. Are they all equals? No. To Scar, Scar is superior. So what does fascism believe in? Well, a militant nationalism. It is a violently enforced racial superiority. We are better than other people, and we will kick your butts to prove it. It is pro-traditional order, pro-hierarchy, pro-patriarchy of class and gender. So men are in charge... Certain men are better than other men. And the traditional order of things, government, church, uh, business, owner, doctor, is good. That people take orders from other people. This is anti-democratic. It is an adulation of the leader who requires absolute power because they will tell you, I alone can fix it. Take a look at Scar up on our upper right. That is that is a scene taken out of the Nazi propaganda movie, Triumph of the Will. But I alone can fix it. That's what they believe. That should sound fairly familiar because that was in President Trump's uh, acceptance speech in 2016 of the Republican nom nomination. That he needed to get elected because I alone can fix it. And I got to tell you, that scared me because I know that language. That's fascist language. That's not democratic language. Democratic language is... We can fix it together. 
I alone is fascist language. Fascism requires national, cultural, political unity. It's an emphasis on control of the body, of your behavior, of your thought, that everybody has to act together. In some ways, like ants, you have to act together. You have to believe the same things. Because if you believe something different, you might want to overthrow the system. You might not be, you're not in step with the system. It's, it's, the, it's the school kids in uh, The Wall by Pink Floyd, right? They're all marching to, to classes. It's the goose-stepping. It's this control of not just your body, but also of your thought process. You'll, we'll see this, you can see this in books like um, um, Fahrenheit 451. And uh, 1984. But the idea is that everybody should be working together. Everyone should be part of the same body politic. That's why the goose step is important. Because the goose step is these, this line of guys. And the line of guys be- behind them. And the lines of guys in front of them. All doing the same thing at the same time. They're not individuals anymore. There is also an obsession with the male physical and spiritual strength. There's an obsession with real manness of who, what is a real man? What does a real man look like? What does a real man act like? There's this obsession with are you a real man? And you see this in in online discussions. This is uh, Robert um, Peterson, the, the conservative psychologist who has become this this philosopher of the right and he's like basically he's telling young men he's made millions of dollars telling young men to pull their pants up and wear a belt and make their bed stuff they they're angry that their mom tells them to do but this guy makes millions of dollars doing it jordan peterson excuse me that's his name um But that's an obsession with what a real man is. You see it on online discussions with who's a cuck and this is and who's been cuckolded and who's a chad and who's that there's this obsession in conservatism, but especially in fascist conservatism, with male physical, spiritual strength, and an obsession with who is a real man and what is what is a real man. Now, fascism is violently anti-communist. It hates communism. They want to destroy the system. Fascism wants to save the system. And in fact, Hitler, right down, I mean, the bombs were blowing up above him, still thought Britain and the United States would side with Germany against the Soviet Union. The whole plan was that the West would eventually help him defeat the Soviet Union. Why? Because the Soviet Union was communist. And aren't we all anti-communist? Well, it turned out the only thing that could put capitalism and communism together to fight together was the insanity that was Nazism. But it is violently, this is, and this will make it attractive. It's violently anti-communist. And this will, and the violent part is there purposely. You were supposed to go and fight these guys. Oh, there's going to be a communist march and rally or a union meeting. You break in and you bust some heads. You curb stomp these guys. You kick their teeth in. 
The violent was the attractive part of it. But because they're anti-communist, other more squishy conservatives, center-right conservatives, big business conservatives will go, well, you know, these guys don't seem so bad. And you'll see the problem of how, you, how the Nazis win. Second is this contempt for weakness and the slowness of democratic liberalism. Um, fascism has what is basically the, an idea that's, that's been taken hold of in um, Silicon Valley with tech startups. It's go fast and break things. That's fascism. Democracy is slow. That is both its advantage and its disadvantage. It takes forever to get anything done. So change happens slowly. Well, if you want to change things, and in the Great Depression, lots of people wanted to change things, there's a contempt for, for these guys getting up and having an hour-long speech. You know? And then voting and getting nothing done. Let's have a vote. Oh, it's a tie. I guess nothing happened. Like, the fascists look at that and go, do you not see we need a change? Like, you're a bunch of old men who can't fix anything. Get out of the way. This is the attractiveness of fascism. It goes fast and it breaks things. And as long as you're not one of the people being broken by it, hey, that's cool. Because at least something is getting done. This is why dictators are attractive to people. Because they want something to get done. This is why democracies fail. Because they get, they get tied up. They get stuck. They get in this molasses of being unable to reform. That's what's destroyed the Roman Republic. And that's what a lot of commentators are saying is destroying the United States democracy. Or Western democracies right now in the 21st century. Is that it can't reform. It can't meet the challenges of the day. So somebody comes along. Donald Trump came along and said, I alone can fix it. And a lot of people said, finally. Yes. Somebody. Because I'm tired of all these people in Congress talking and nothing getting done. There is a disgust for the new liberal sexualities, for homosexuality, for feminism. And by feminism, I mean the, the independent woman. No, women should be in the home. So there's this disgust for women who are, who are out and proud and working and, ma and independent. There's a disgust of homosexuality because real men, real men aren't, aren't homos. Real men aren't gay. Real men aren't, and I know I'm using slurs and I'm sorry, but this is how Nazism feels about this stuff. It's not, it doesn't do anything halfway. It doesn't feel, well, kind of, about anything. It hates everything except the stuff it loves. So it hates homosexuality. It hates liberal sexualities. And it's obsessed with making the future. It is a forward-progressing system. But making the future look like the past. Look like a better version of the past. Yesterday was great. Men were men. Women were moms. Minorities knew their place and were quiet about it. So it's make Germany 1871 again. It's make Italy the Roman Empire again. It's make Spain 1890 again. Because even in Spain, they weren't thinking of 1520 again. That just wasn't going to happen. But there's always this idea of we can make the future like the past, but better. How? 
How is it going to do this? Well, philosophically, the, the idea, idea is on the will. Big capital letters. It comes out of Nietzsche. The will is all that matters. Not money, not connections, not ability. The will. You have to want it more. And we talk about in sports, we do this all the time. He wants it more. They wanted to win more. They just fought harder. That's the idea. That feeling of the will. Because the, the Nazi coming to power movie, we talked about it, was the triumph of the will. That nobody wanted Hitler in charge. Nobody wanted the Nazis in charge. And they became in charge. Why? Because they were better politicians? Heck no. Because they had more people? No. Because they were better at economics? No. They became in charge because they wanted it more. So for Nietzsche, it's the Ubermensch, the, the Superman. The Ubermensch, and I don't want to say Superman because that will get you thinking about Superman in American comics, and that is not the same thing. So we're going to use Nietzsche's Ubermensch, the men above other men. The Ubermensch are special. These are special guys who can break down the barriers that less folk have set up to hold them, hold the great back. And we see this in Ayn Rand's objectivism. If you read anything by Ayn Rand, this is what you see, that losers and women and minorities have set up rules, have set up civilization, have set up regulations that stop the super awesome dude from accomplishing his greatness. There are special people. Special people are better than regular people. So better people should get the rule and the normies should just get out of the effing way. We see this in The Incredibles. Dash, the son, has been acting out in school. He's been using his special powers. Despite his parents saying, don't use your special powers. Yes, I know you're a superhero, but you're a super because you're not yet a hero. But keep it under wraps. And he gets in trouble at school. And on the drive home, he goes to his mom. But I'm special. And the mom gives the democratic slash communist answer. Everyone's special, Dash. To which he gives the fascist answer. So in this Disney Pixar movie, there's fascism buried in it. And that's the thing about superheroes from the very beginning. There's fascism buried in this. Magneto, despite being anti-fascist, is a fascist. But Dash's answer is to be dis dis despondent and be like, everyone's special, Dash, to which he responds, which is another way of saying no one is. That no one is special. But I'm special. I can't be. You're, these All these people in class aren't as good as me. They can't run as fast as me. They're not as strong as me. They're not as good as me. And this teacher is holding me back. In The Lion King, in one song, Scar turns the hyenas from these, if you're watching the video, these lazy idiots, these guys who can't get anything done. The hyenas, through the first half or three quarters of the movie, are idiots. 
They can't get anything done. They're the comic relief. They turn in one song. He turns the hyenas from idiots into goose-stepping, chest-out Nazis, stormtroopers. He turns them into this, if you're watching the video, into a Nazi parade with nothing but his will and his personality. Nothing. He didn't offer them money. He had nothing but his will and his personality to turn the hyenas into stormtroopers. Fascism sees liberal democracy as weak and directionless. There's too much degeneracy that's accepted in democracy. Too many people are allowed to do too much of what they want. There's race mixing. Remember, fascism is racist. So the fact that you have mixed race kids is an abomination in fascism. You have women working. You have homosexuality, which people, especially in Weimar, in the Weimar Republic, were like, okay, that's fine. It wasn't cool yet. It wasn't a, it wasn't a lifestyle yet. But also, we're not going to put you in jail for it either. There's a frivolity. There's consumerism. There's fun. It's not serious. It's not the struggle. The Weimar government was weak, corrupt, feminized. It was squishy, liberal. Look at the scene from Cabaret, where you have the MC singing. Right? The MC's in a traditional tux, but everybody else is cross-dressed. Men are dressed as women. Body parts are hanging out all over the place. All the hair, the makeup. Those aren't real men in terms of fascism. It's a mess. It's gender bending. Men aren't men anymore. Women aren't women anymore. The, 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 the traditional hierarchy is collapsing. Secondly, fascism thinks the U.S. had the right idea on race. Segregation of the African Americans, genocide of the natives, eugenics uh, to sterilize the weak social groups. That's all. A lot of the fascist stuff that you're like, oh my God, the racism and the and the um, the concentration camps came from Britain during the Boer War. The sterilization of the mentally handicapped came from the United States. Plus, there's the exclusion of immigrants and especially of non-white ethnic groups starting in 1924. Remember, Jews fleeing Nazi Germany were kicked out of the United States. They were denied entry. They came as refugees, and the U.S. said, nope, we don't want you, and closed the door. And all of those people were eventually murdered by the Nazis. So the U.S. in the 1920s is in some ways what fascism is looking at going, they have the right idea. We can go further. There's the idea of purity makes the populace better. If people are the same, it makes you better in the struggle against the world. You have unity, unity of culture, unity of, of, of populace, unity of demographics, because then you don't have the, the fights between minorities and majorities, and you don't have the fights between everybody. Everybody wants a representation. I hear that all the time. Why does everyone... Now, what, what are we supposed to have? Multiple national anthems now? What are we supposed to play? All the, all the native people's national anthems? And the idea is you should just have one.
Fascism has an obsession with the male body. Is an emphasis on the hard body. Tough, lean, muscled. The working man's body. It is a Spartan ideal. It's really looking back to the ancient Greeks. And, and classical Greek and Roman uh, iconography is very big in Nazi Germany. But there's a gay subtext. Because they're obsessed with the male body. You're, you're having a bunch of men obsessed with the male physique. And it has to be a certain type of male physique. Hard, tough, muscled. There is an emphasis on classical Greek and Roman art because it's not Jewish, right? It's pre, it's before Judaism infected the, the culture of the West. Well, classical Greek and Roman art has a lot of gay subtext in it because the Romans and the Greeks were, you know, homosexuality was a part of the culture. They have an emphasis on the male gaze too. All right. There's the militarism. Men are men, and they're with other men, especially in war, where things happen, right? What happens in what happens in the trench? It happens in the trench. What happens on the ship happens on the ship. This, that line, that men are men are men with other men, and when they're at war, there's no women around, is going to freak out Americans. Because there's going to be a series of sex studies in the late 40s and the early 50s. And what it's going to reveal is that 30%, 30%, right? 30%, not 3%, 30% of men in the Navy admit to having a homosexual affair. Or engaging in a homosexual act. 30%. That blew people's minds. And like, no, no, no. But they were on a ship with other men and no women in the middle of the Pacific. And the fascists were like, that's okay. What men do with other men at war is manly. Rom, who is the head of the SA, and other homosexuals were in charge of the SA. This is the this is the original um, stormtroopers. This is this will be replaced by the SS. Now they'll get wiped out in the night of the long knives. So um, there was a limit to how much Hitler and the rest of the Nazis, and much less the the center right conservatives, would accept accept them. But they were part of the Nazi rise. Hugo Boss designed Nazi uniforms that were so sexy. They were lean and they're cut. I mean, this is why neo-Nazis are obsessed with the, 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 the cosplay of Nazism. They're sexy uniforms. The SS uniform is a tailored leather. I mean... I, Eisenhower was so jealous when he saw these uniforms, he had the U.S. Army create a new uniform because the U.S. men were too frumpy in their outfits. Their outfits weren't really for war. They didn't really work, and they looked terrible. And so there's our little picture of Eisenhower, and Eisenhower's 
you know, doing it. He's got his hands on his hips. He's got his hip little out. He's got, and he has a very tailored, down to his waist, lean hipped, tailored jacket. It's, it's, you know, fashion forward. The Nazi era produced five major musicals, including Victor Victoria, Victor und Victoria, which is a trans movie. It's a it's it's a movie of a, a woman pretending to be a man so that she could be a drag queen. And so that's our little our little gif is Victoria watching. Um, I want to say it's Victor, but I haven't seen the German version of this movie. Of uh, and being like, oh, I'm gonna learn how to be a man. So, um, you see it in the propaganda. The photography is all these young men in their their ta- in their in their ties and their blonde hair, and they're they're quaffed. They got they got grease in their hair, so it's styled. It's it's metrosexual at best. Our our Reich's worker poster on the bottom left is two shirtless young dudes who are ripped and one has his arm around the other guy's shoulder I mean come on this goes this kind of like weird not so, it's not weird but the not fascism is traditional it's conservative so it hates homosexuality it hates homosexuals and yet it's got this weird okayness because it obs- it's obsessed with the male body that it's pretty gay. And this comes out in Jason Kander's uh, tweet. Jason Kander is a um, – he does a podcast. He was a um, liberal um, representative, House of Representative from Kansas. Uh and he still he does he does organizing. He was a military veteran. Um, his his he became famous for an ad because since he was in Iraq, I think he was an Iraq war vet. I don't know if he yeah he was in Afghanistan too, but I'm pretty sure he was in Iraq. But he had this ad which was like everyone thinks liberals are weak, and uh, just watch me. And he and he 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 takes apart and then reassembles his AR-15 service rifle blindfolded. And that was like, oh, well, a liberal can hold a gun. But anyway, he's responding to Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer is essentially the most famous in the Trump era, in the President Trump era's most famously outward neo-Nazi. He's just, he's just, he, he would love Nazism to come to America. It's just the way it is. Uh, he's a big proponent of the alt-right, but he's essentially a neo-Nazi. He, in my day, in the 80s, we would have called him, forget the alt-right and all these other other squishy terms, he's a neo-Nazi. He, he would like Nazism to come to America. And Richard Spencer writes about 1930s, no, tomorrow belongs to us, meaning us, the, the alt-right, the conservative guys in his group that follow him, and he puts on YouTube a video from Cabaret to the song Tomorrow Belongs to Us. And we'll talk about this song. It's a great song. But Jason Kander's uncle wrote it. 
for the musical cabaret. And so he goes, hey, buddy, that song you love, which is all about like conservative ideals, was written by my uncle, who's been married to my other uncle for 40 years. And he's a Jew. So go ahead, sing it proud. So the idea is, here's this Nazi who hates homosexuality and Jewishness promoting a song that was written by a married gay Jew. This dichotomy is not lost on comedians who made fun of the Nazis, who are pointing out that the fascists are laughable, that it's a silly system, that you can't take these guys seriously. It's not that they're, they're, it's, it's, it, the alt-right today is cosplaying. Not, it's, it's, it's the guys who showed up at Chancellorsville and you can't see me, I'm holding my eyes. With tiki torches they got for backyard barbecues. And marched as if they were in in a mar in a Nazi Nuremberg rally, and they're marching with coconut flavored Polynesian scented tiki torches they got from Walmart. And you're like, you can't be serious. You can't take over America with tiki torches. No, you can't take that seriously. Like you're cosplaying Nazis, guys. You can't be serious. And comedians from Charlie Chaplin through Mel Brooks are all about how ridiculous this is. In The Great Dictator 1914, he has Charlie Chaplin plays an effete but not outward gay, outwardly gay, but an effete Hitler. And you see in the gif, he's playing, he's like, he's gonna play with the, with the balloon that is the world, and he, bing, he bits it with his butt. I mean, it's ridiculous. Bing! And in Mel Brooks's The Producers, Hitler is flamboyantly gay. Boom. And all the Nazis are doing their little musical number steps while singing Springtime for Hitler in Germany. It's ridiculous. And so comedians from the very beginning are looking at the Nazis going, you guys hate all these things, but you're... you're you're obsessed with them too. You're just, that's it's it's abs it's absurd. It's absurd. If if they didn't murder a hundred million people, it would be absurd. So, what does fascism believe? What does fascism think about the economy? So, we talked about its its culture, which is the big thing. But what does it think about the, the economy? It thinks. Capitalism should continue. Private ownership of businesses. But with massive, truly massive, I should have put those, that in giant capital letters, spending by the government. The idea is that businesses can make stuff the government wants the way the government wants it. Conservatives will call this socialism, quote-unquote, and they like to say, oh, the Nazis were socialist, quote-unquote, but neither is true. This is fascist because they want to keep the capitalist system. So the idea is that government directs the economy through purchasing size. And, and we see this in America. We see this with things like Medicare. And uh, that Medicare says, we will pay $5 for insulin. Well, what happens? A company shows up and says, here's insulin for 5 bucks." McDonald's. 
McDonald's is the largest purchaser of chicken in America. So if McDonald's says, we don't want hormones, we don't want antibiotics, we want cage-free, free-range chickens only, well, guess what happens to almost every farm in America? They do exactly what McDonald's wants. McDonald's doesn't own those farms. It just won't buy from them. And since McDonald's is such a large purchaser, if you want to sell chickens, you're going to have to do what McDonald's wants. It's the Apple App Store. You want to sell something on an iPhone? Of course you do. What do you have to do? You have to make it exactly how Apple wants you to make it. It has to do. It can't have pornography. It can't have a a um, uh, a separate purchasing store in it. It can't have blah 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 blah. It's there's a whole list of things. If you've ever tried to make an app, you you know the book that comes telling you what you have to do. Well, what choice do you have? There's no other way of getting. And I know you could jailbreak phones, but let's be honest. There's 100 million or so Apple phones out there. What percentage of them are jailbroken that are side downloading, right? That are side car carring things. If you want to make money, you have to be on the Apple App Store. That's just the way it's going to have to be. So you have to make it in a way Apple will accept. Government has what we call market dominance. But that market dominance is a fascist power. Because it directs, even though it doesn't own the economy. So if the Nazi government is going to buy a massive amount of six-liter, 500-horsepower engines, I don't, I don't know, engines, well, what happens? Selling Mercedes and Porsche and BMW say, we'll make those. We'll make them. Well, what? How big do you want it to be? What size do you need it to be? We'll make it. We'll make it how you want it. That's because the government is going to buy so much that it's going to affect the economy. Also, there's competition between government agencies. And this is a point of fascism. Fascism doesn't want government to work very well. Why? Because it doesn't want uniform government to, to organize against Nazism. It wants competition between different groups to impress the leader. Now, this is exactly, this is exactly how um, President Trump's early cabinets worked. Now, I'm not saying he was a complete fascist because kings do this too it's just a it's an aspect of fascism but what i'm saying is who gets to be in charge if all of the cabinet members are fighting with each other the leader does hitler does the king does president trump does because they get to make it's what george w bush said i'm the decider right he didn't say i'm the starter I'm the originator. He didn't say the idea came from me. He said, I am the decider. And that's what Hitler wants to be. He wants the SS to fight with the army. He wants the army to fight with the Gestapo. He wants the Gestapo to fight with the trade 
unions. He wants to trade unions. Well, he doesn't really want the trade unions around, but he wants the, the industrial board to fight with because he, it's the struggle. And the idea is the, the cream will rise to the top. The problem is that government is a mess. And you see this with several kings who do this. You see this with President Trump's early uh, cabinets. Is there a mess? President Trump could have gotten a lot more done if his groups weren't competing with each other. Now, I don't know who you blame for that. Maybe it's Steve Bannon. And Steve Bannon is a bit of a fascist. I mean, he just is. So he would have brought this idea with him that that no one should compete with President Trump. And if you remember the early days, you had Steve Bannon on the cover of Time as the guy behind the throne. And he was on SNL. He wasn't on, but they played him on SNL as the real power, you know, as Trump's brain. And it was like he got fired because he was becoming more more important than the president. And you can't, and no president can have that. Let's just be honest. So government is a mess so that it's not capable of resisting the ubermensch leader, the guy who says, I alone can fix it. But the problem with having government be a mess is there's lots of different orders and they, the orders compete with each other and they don't have priority. And so nothing gets done. We'll see. Well, we won't see this because we won't get into this, but we won't get into World War II very much. But the German army ran out of fuel on the Eastern Front. Meanwhile, they're fighting tank battles in North Africa and still have half a million troops in the Balkans, Yugoslavia and Greece, who are not fighting the Russians, who are not fighting the Soviet Union. Meanwhile, the Air Force is trying to fight uh, the British, and the Navy is trying to fight the Americans in the Atlantic. Like, the Germans are fighting four different wars. Like, you can't run a government that way. You can't get anything done. So, the advantages of fascism. Because fascism is a terrible, horrible awful system but people did like it and so we have to talk about why they did like it i mean the germans were nazis and by 19 and i i you may go oh they weren't all by 1936 they're all nazis right there's a very small percentage of germans who are not nazis by 1936 and most of them are murdered you know the idea that there's a difference between german germans and Nazis is a convenient one made in the Cold War. But it wasn't made by my grandfather, who was a German immigrant. It wasn't made by his brothers and his brother-in-law when they went to Germany, when they invaded the continent to save Europe from Nazism. They fought other Germans, and they considered them all Nazis. It's just they didn't make a distinction. Nobody did. When you burned down Berlin, you didn't care. You didn't go, oh, some of those people were probably not Nazis. Nope, you burned them all down. So why would people want this system? Why is Richard Spencer in charge of a, making lots of money in charge of a massive system? The alt-right, uh, Tucker Carlson is, is talking about it. 
what why why are people attracted to fascism well first is corporations corporations like it because they're going to make a shit ton of money even though there's corruption because you want those government contracts. So what's the best way of getting a government contract? You go to the head of the armament board. And you go, hey. I mean, that's, that's the whole first hour of Schindler's List. It's just how much money he makes from corruption. Connections matter. Uh, in Schindler's List, Schindler has the entire speech. He gives his wife, like, there was a thing. I always wanted to be rich. And there was a thing that was missing. And she's like, luck. And he's like, no, war. It's all about his connections. It's all about corruption. It's who you know. Because there's a massive amount of money to be made. Male workers like it. Why? Because they're going to get jobs. They're going to get pride. They're going to get stability. Whether it's in the military, in industry, in transportation, in traditional male tough guy jobs. Very stereotypical. But it's the military. It's in hard, heavy industry. It's... It's they're not going to be secretaries, even though a lot of them are secretaries. Because in the military, you need secretaries. And so you put your men in charge. You need the flow of information. And especially if it's top secret information, you have to limit who sees this stuff. So. Conservative women like fascism because they get supported in family values, in their motherhood, in the raising of children. Mothering is considered valuable social work and they get financial support from the government. This is something fascism does better than democracy, than democratic uh, liberalism does. We, democratic capitalism is very bad at paying anyone for things that don't make money. So is being a mother important? Yes, it is. What does the American financial system consider it to be? A dependent. A someone who eats and absorbs resources but doesn't generate income. That's what a mother is, according to our tax code. Women are not paid. Men are not paid for being a parent. You might receive money like welfare to keep children out of poverty, but middle class, upper middle class people, mothers are not paid for their for their labor of teaching their kids. And we just saw in the pandemic just how important being a parent is. And in these conservative societies, more conservative societies, women were doing the vast majority of this work. In fascism, they got paid for it. They got supported for it. Not as much as the men. They couldn't be independent of their husbands because that would have gone against their family values. But remember, conservative women want people to stay married. They want women to be dependent, but they also want mothering to be supported. So this is one place where you got to I mean, in America, we talk about family values. We don't financially support it. In fascism, they did. You got to got to give it there. And conservatives love the social values. It solves all these liberal social issues with the emphasis on country and family and people and flag and nature and the future. Where much of reactionary conservatism in the 20s and the 30s looked backwards. It's like, well, if we could make it 1919 again and just go back to the way it was. Fascism's like, no, we're going to break things 
to make it like it was, but better. So here, Tomorrow Belongs to Me from Cabaret, from the movie Cabaret. You have a nice boy get up at a at a um, beer garden, at a, at a lunch restaurant, and start singing. And he's, he's coiffed. He's got a nice haircut. He's blonde. He's blue-eyed. And he sings, The sun on the meadow is summery warm. The stag in the forest runs free. But, to, but gather together to greet the storm. Tomorrow belongs to me. Okay. So he's starting with images of German rural countryside. The stag runs free. The sun on the meadow. Right? But gather together. Come together to greet the storm. The troubles that are coming. Tomorrow belongs to me. Well, as a young person, sure. Tomorrow does belong to you. If you're in your 20s or your 30s, you get to sing that. Tomorrow belongs to you. Because it should. Because that's the nature of life. Old people die. Young people get older. Young people take over. And then they die in the next generation. The branch of the linden is leafy and green. The Rhine, the major river in western Germany, gives its gold to the sea. That's a reference to, to um, Wagner. You know, and the... Uh, the Rheingold uh, opera. But somewhere a glory awaits unseen. Tomorrow belongs to me. The babe in his cradle is closing his eyes. The blossom embraces the bee. But soon, says a whisper, arise, arise. Tomorrow belongs to me. And the girl starts, the girl's like, yes, I'm with you. And she's singing along. And more people will join in. And the music will start up and then get louder. Now, fatherland, fatherland, Germany, right? Now he's, he's gone from the generic discussion of nature to specific German nature, the Rhine, right? The Linden. To the children, to a child metaphor, the babe in his cradle is closing his eyes. The blossom embraces the bee. But soon... Says a whisper, arise, arise, tomorrow belongs to me. Now, fatherland, fatherland, show us a sign. Your children have waited to see. The morning will come when the world is mine. Tomorrow belongs to me. And you can see in our bottom, the young man's singing. The woman is singing. She's like, yes. And be, uh, below him, there's an old man looking worried. An old man who's lived through war, who's seen war, who's seen the destruction of war, has heard this talk before, has heard this song before, and he's worried. Now, this isn't so bad, right? It's nationalistic. It's patriotic. Everyone working together. But it gets worse when you get this. When he puts on follow them, follow them, show me a sign, he puts on his Hitler youth cap and he gives the Nazi salute. And there's the MC with his grin going, oh, terribleness is coming. 
terribleness is coming. So this nationalism, this love of country, this obsession with the future and the people sounds good. Right up until you put the Nazi uniform on and then it's effing terrifying because it brings with that nationalism, it brings with that patriotism, violence, militarized violence. Fascists and Nazis could not have succeeded without the help of the center-right. You have to understand this. Traditional conservative groups, industries, and individuals who viewed, A, democratic capitalism as broken, and B, thought communism was worse. It's those groups that invited Hitler into government. It's those groups who allowed the Nazis to gain power and then did not resist the Nazis. In 1933, 34, 35, they got absorbed by the Nazis. They became Nazis. And so that will get us into World War II. And so what we're going to do is take a little break and watch a puppy dream. Oh, he wakes himself up. Oh, where am I? I'm not I'm not in the meadow. Oh, so thank you, and I'm sorry. That's fascism. And in our next episode, we'll do World War II. So be careful out there. <laughs> 